Hundreds of Lives Lost, A Water Spout's Dreadful Work in Pennsylvania. The city of Johnstown swept completely away. A lake on the neighboring hills bursts its barriers and sweeps everything before it, men, women, and children swallowed up by the angry flood, awful scenes witnessed by survivors. Pittsburgh, May 31st. An appalling catastrophe is reported from Johnstown, Cambria County, the meager details of which indicate that the city of 25,000 inhabitants has been practically wiped out of existence and that hundreds, if not thousands, of lives have been lost. A dam at the foot of a mountain lake eight miles long and three miles wide, about nine miles up the valley of the south fork of the Connemaug River, broke at four o'clock this afternoon, just as it was struck by a water spout and the whole tremendous volume of water swept in a resistless avalanche down the mountainside, making its own channel until it reached the south fork of the Connemaug, swelling it to the proportions of Niagara's rapids. The flood swept onward to the Connemaug like a tidal wave, over twenty feet in height, to Johnstown, six or eight miles below, gathering force as it tore along through the wider channel, and quickly swept everything before it. Houses, factories, and bridges were overwhelmed in the twinkling of an eye, and with their human occupants were carried in a vast chaos down the raging torrent. The water began flowing over the dam or abutment at the weakest part of the mountain lake at about one o'clock, when Johnstown and people down the valley were warned by messengers to look out for a flood as the result of a water spout. Three hours later the whole end of the lake gave way, sweeping everything before it, railroads, bridges, and telegraph lines included. The scene of the disaster is cut off entirely from all manner of communication, and has been since six o'clock this evening, and fragmentary details of the character and extent of the calamity have only come to hand from various places in the valley. About six o'clock, Superintendent Robert Pitcairn of the Pennsylvania Railroad telegraphed from Song Hollow, at the gap in the Laurel Ridge Mountains west of Johnstown, that he had seen about two hundred persons afloat on gondola cars, shanties, etc., and that the disaster was appalling. One telegraph operator says he counted sixty-three bodies in twenty minutes floating past his office. A telegraph operator at Song Hollow, on the Pennsylvania Railroad Tower, twelve miles this side of Jamestown, says that at least seventy-five dead bodies have floated past that point. The wires are all down, and no trains are running east of Blairsville, which is about twenty-five miles west of Johnstown. Pennsylvania Railroad officials aver that over two hundred dead bodies have been counted floating downstream at Johnstown alone, while along the line many additional lives have been lost. But two houses in Johnstown are entirely above the line of the flood, and by far the greater part of the town has been entirely destroyed and carried down in the seething torrent. A special train bearing Pennsylvania Railroad officials and a large number of newspaper men has left this city for the scene. A special dispatch from Greensburg says, A report has just reached here that the greater portion of Johnstown has been flooded and hundreds of lives lost. Houses are floating about, and the people who are free are panic-stricken and are fleeing to the mountains. At a point near New Florence, eighty-five persons have been seen floating down the river on driftwood. One report comes that but two roofs of houses in Johnstown can be seen. The Cove Town and the New Florence Bridges have been washed away, and all the buildings along the Connemaug between New Florence and Johnstown have been carried away. The railroad towers have been abandoned by the operators. A dispatch from Song Hollow says, At 7.45 o'clock a boy was rescued by men in the signal tower of the railroad company. His name is unknown, but he said that with his father, mother, brother, and two sisters he was swept away in the light-frame house which was their home. He was washed away from the building— 
but said the other members of the family were in it when it was swept over the breast of the new stone bridge at Johnstown, that it capsized a few seconds later, and that they were all drowned, so far as he could tell. The railroad operator officially reports that before dark they were able to count 119 persons clinging to buildings, wreckage, or drowned and floating in the current. If this information is to be credited, the damage in the town proper must be in the nature of a clean sweep. As early as one o'clock the alarm was sent to Johnstown that there was danger from the dam. The railroad officials were notified, and in a very short time began to carry people from the town to places of safety on regular trains and hastily improvised rescuing trains. Superintendent Pitcairn of the Western Division of the Pennsylvania Railroad was on his way to South Fork and was notified of impending trouble. Another report coming from Greensburg says, Johnstown is completely submerged and the loss of life is inestimable. Houses are going down the river by dozens, and people can be seen clinging to the roofs. At Caketown, a village of several hundred inhabitants, the houses are almost entirely covered and a great many dwellings at Blairville are submerged. Scarcely a dwelling in the vicinity of Song Hollow can be seen. The bridges of Bolivar and Nineveh, it is reported, have given way, and that at Salzburg, it is feared, will be carried away. People here who have friends in the flooded district are eagerly waiting for news at the telegraph office. Great uneasiness prevails. The river at Livermore is rising, and great destruction will follow. Later dispatches indicate that the tempest is a far wider range than was at first indicated. It raged with terrible violence throughout Indiana, Cambria, Westmoreland, Blair, Huntingdon, Mifflin, Juniata, and Perry counties, carrying away the telegraph wires, flooding and washing out railroads, converting the beautiful mountain streams into raging and resistless torrents that carried death and devastation all along their paths. The Little Juniata, Frankstown Branch, and Juniata Rivers, that for the great part of the year are mere brooks, are over thirty feet deep with water. All the railroad and wagon bridges, so far as heard from, have been swept down in the watery avalanche, and countless houses that were never dreamed to be in danger from flood have been swept away. Philadelphia, May 31st. At the office of the general manager of the Pennsylvania Railroad, it was stated tonight that all the wires of the company west of Wilmore, a station on the Pittsburgh Division, 25 miles west of Altoona, had been down since 8 a.m., and that consequently the information in regard to the break west of that place is very meager. Enough has been learned, however, to indicate that the rush of water is the worst ever known in that section. At Broad Street Station, the following bulletin for the information of travelers was posted about 8 o'clock. On account of the unprecedented storm prevailing in the western part of this state, the lines west of Altoona have been damaged to what extent cannot be ascertained until the water subsides. The storm is still raging, and it is thought no trains will be passed until Sunday. The Chicago Limited Express, which left New York at nine o'clock this morning, the fast line leaving there at the same hour, and the train leaving that city at eight o'clock last night, are all laid up at Altoona. At 10.30 tonight, a dispatch was received by General Manager Pugh, dated Wilmore, from the conductor of the eastbound New York and Chicago Limited, which left Pittsburgh at seven o'clock this morning, saying the train was safe and that all were well on board. Mr. Pugh inferred from this that the Limited was laid up somewhere west of Lilly Station. The conductor reported that the bridge at South Fork was washed away, and expressed the opinion that all the bridges between South Fork and Johnstown would be swept away. The Chicago and New York Day Express and all other eastbound trains are supposed to be laid up between Crescent and Pittsburgh. 
When Mr. Pugh was shown a copy of the Associated Press dispatch from Pittsburgh announcing the breaking of the dam near Johnstown, he said the report confirmed a dispatch received from Wilmore tonight, which stated that a man had reported to the Pennsylvania Railroad operator there that the South Fork Dam had broken, and the water had carried away the coal tipple and telegraph tower at South Fork Station, and also a portion of an eastbound freight train. The telegraph operator, who was in the tower, managed to escape, but several of the train hands are reported to have been drowned. The reservoir, or dam at South Fork, which is said to have burst with such terrible results, is described by a gentleman acquainted with the locality in which it was situated to be an immense body of water formerly used as a water supply for the old Pennsylvania Canal. It has been owned for several years by a number of Pittsburgh gentlemen who used it as a fishing ground. The gentleman who gave this information said that if the report of the bursting of the dam was true, he had no doubt that the damage and loss of life was fully as great as indicated by the dispatches. The conductor of the eastbound New York Limited Express, who reported the safety of his train, also said that a report had reached him of the breaking of the dam. He said nothing about the damage caused thereby. General Manager Pugh was out of town early in the day, and he said tonight that he could not understand what was meant when he received dispatches announcing damage to the tracks at Lily Station. Such a thing has never been heard of before, said he tonight, and nothing short of a waterspout could have caused such damage. Lily's is a little mining town of about three or four hundred inhabitants. For the water to rise high enough to obstruct the passage of trains is unprecedented. A dispatch just received by me says that the water is rushing over the tracks at a height of at least five feet above the roadbed, and this, I say, could be brought about by nothing short of a water spout. I have no doubt if our operator at Song Hollow said he saw the bodies from Johnstown floating down the river, as reported in the Associated Press Bulletin, that it is true, as his tower is situated right on the bank of the river. A special dispatch from Altoona says, Central Pennsylvania is in the midst of a flood tonight that has not been exceeded in the past fifty years. A steady, unbroken rain for thirty hours has paralyzed travel, destroyed numberless bridges, laid waste entire towns, and caused losses that will reach millions of dollars. The Juniata River is thirty feet high at Hollidaysburg, and the water is four feet deep in the streets of Gasport. All communication with southern county towns has been cut off since this morning. Not a bridge remains on the branch roads. Trains have been abandoned. The Eldorado Valley is a vast lake, and farming districts suffer untold destruction. The western division of the Pennsylvania Railroad is closed to travel. No trains from the west have passed this point since Thursday evening. Washouts have occurred at Portage and Lily Station. Johnstown is partially submerged. There is a landslide at Wilmore and another at Alagrippa, on the mountain a mile long, and the Greensburg Bridge is gone. The Limited Express West is held here, and the railroad officials can give no encouragement when traffic can be resumed to the east. The bridge at Petersburg is very shaky. There are two miles of water at Tipton, through which trains run at heavy risk. Many families have been rescued from houses at Birmingham. Tyrone is cut off. Clearfield stands in four feet of water, and the Juniata at Huntingdon is a mile wide, sweeping destruction down the valley. The storm has caused $40,000 of damage in this city alone, and the great reservoirs are all but gone. The sewers are useless, many houses are undermined, and the storm shows no signs of cessation. Seven inches of rainfall in thirty hours has completely prostrated the Bell's Gap country, and that prosperous section from Bellwood to Puxatawney, sixty-seven miles, is under the water ban. Word comes that Coalport is submerged by Clearfield Creek, 
and Blaine City is partially washed away. So far, no destruction of life is reported. John Collar was caught by the Juniata's rise at Frankstown. He had only time to climb a willow tree. He has been there since morning. Boats cannot reach him, and it is thought he has succumbed. Three bridges are gone at Williamsburg, and the town is invested. End of article. This recording is in the public domain.